Okay, praise the Lord. All right, I'm set. Okay, uh, I'm going to start in the book of John here, and I just want to show you something. We're going to look at something in the Old Testament and, of course, the New Testament. And remember, testament means covenant. It's not, you better do this. It's a covenant. Covenant is a, is a contract. You know, when you have a contract, there's two things. And when God made a covenant, the Old Covenant, and there were several, but we have Old Testament and New Testament in our Bible. But that Old Covenant, there were things in it that, that it, it's, a, it's in writing. Your lawnmower's not going to quit. It's in writing. Your car's not going to quit. It's in writing. You're always going to be blessed financially. Wow. It's amazing. So just your Bible alone, I'll just use, use this one. New, uh, Old Testament, uh, excuse me. Old Testament, New Testament. Covenant, covenant. That's the reason it's so thick. There's words in here. You know, read the fine print. You ever think about reading the fine print of the 23rd Psalm? I mean, go home and be happy. The Lord's my shepherd. I have everything I need. That's what it's saying. It's not I shall not want like some people say. Oh, I'm just, I'm not going to want anything. Oh, I have everything I need. Because verse 2, he goes on and says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, come on. you got to have a little burnt pasture sometime. No. He said no. <laughs> and he leads me beside the still waters. I know Dustin went down the Koei, but that's a, that's a fun thing to do. But it's, it's still pretty thrilling at times. It's dangerous. Well, that's what it was comparing to. These are still waters. Praise the Lord. And then where it goes on. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the <gasps> shadow of death. In other words, death. It is talking about your death. And it's a shadow over you. Uh-oh. I'll fear no evil. Now, excuse me, I'm going to fear if, if I'm going to be God. But no, I'm not supposed to fear. Because he says, thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, you're coming. And then it says, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. It's kind of like somebody's fixing to get you. Say, oh, excuse me just a minute. Let me have a little snack here while you try to attack me. It is not going to happen. A table is spread before my enemies. And then what? It goes on, it says... Uh, um, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. This is, a, this is important. All the days of my life. Today's the day. So I feel good already. Today, goodness and mercy. And then he goes on and says, and oh, by the way, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No, I'm going to heaven. I'm fine. Praise the Lord. So anyway, so knowing that, let's just watch a little bit about uh, Jesus referring to, I'm going to show you about Moses because he mentions Moses. Hey, Gavin, come on in. Oh, but anyway, oh, this is in John chapter 3. Is there anything in John chapter 3 we've heard before? Yeah, John 3, 16. God's the love of the world. So let's go down here. Let's pick up a little bit when he, when he says that. Uh, John chapter 3. Oh, I passed it, didn't I? Oh, mm, let's see. Yeah, here we go. I want to start in verse 14. And, uh, well, verse 13. For I only, the Messiah, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. This is John chapter 3. He's talking to Nicodemus, but he says, And as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze serpent on a pole. Now that happened in the book of Numbers. Historic event. Of course, we get told out there in the world, and I'll tell you, it's just the devil. The devil wants us not to read this Bible, to have nothing to do with this Bible. These are fables. Well, wait a minute. We know good and well Jesus was here. It's recorded. Our calendar is dated A.D., B.C. They tried to replace that now by saying... You know, oh, instead of before Christ, it's before the common era, B.C.E. Oh, please. Mm -mm. 
Mm -mm. Augustine changed that calendar, I think it was, whatever. That's because Augustine figured out that this Jesus stuff was real. It really is. But anyway, Jesus seems to believe that this story took place. As Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze serpent on a pole. Even so, uh, even so I must be lifted up upon a pole. Well, we know he died on the cross. Well, that story happened. So, but I wanted you to see Moses. Well, Jesus references Moses over and over and over again. Matter of fact, we have a story here in, uh, oh, in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 17. Look at this one. Matthew 17, get to it. Oh, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John on the top of a high and lonely hill. As they watched, his appearance changed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothing became dazzling white. Now, think of that just a moment. You're there, Jesus. You're, you're just beginning to figure out that he really is the Messiah. All these miracles are taking place. And Peter and James and John, there's not a huge crowd. It's just Peter, James, and John and Jesus. And all of a sudden, one of them pokes the other and says, look at his face. Something was glowing. His clothes started becoming, well, look what it says. His face changed light and it shone. It was shining like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. Oh my goodness, that's less than who's in this room right now. It'd be just like I wasn't there. You know, well, I say I was there and I had Dustin, Joy, and Mel. Just four, four people. But now two more got at it. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and were talking with him. Wow. Anyway, <clears throat> well, you remember what happened here in that story. But anyway, <clears throat> oh, so let's go back here and I want us to look at something here in, uh, oh, I want to go to the book of Hebrews, second. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews, remember the word Hebrews, that's, that just stands for Jews, the Jewish people, Hebrews, what it comes from. So this was a book that was written, dedicated for the Jewish Christians, and I want us to go straight to chapter 3, and of course he starts, he's mentioning already, for Jesus was faithful to God, who appointed him high priest, just as Moses also was faithful, who served in God's house. But Jesus has more glory than Moses. Just as a man who builds a fine house gets uh, more praise than his house does, and many people can build houses, but only God made everything. Boy, I tell you, today in, the, in our society, that's the reason you got to watch that evolution stuff is crept in. It's like people, they think, well, God used evolution. <laughs> he didn't either. It, it's not survival of the fittest. Somebody, you might as well just call it the luckiest, you know. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. And besides that, there's no link between apes and well, man anyway. But anyway, it's just England, the church, I mean, not the church, the English scientists proved that with the monkey trials years ago. It's, it's like a hoax. But anyway, Moses did a fine job working in God's house, but he was only a servant. And his work was mostly to illustrate and to suggest those things that would happen later on. But Christ, God's faithful son, is in complete charge of God's house. Remember, Jesus was who created everything. And we Christians are in our, uh, excuse me, our God's house. Uh, he lives in us. If we keep up our courage, firm unto the end, and our joy and trust in the Lord. Now, some people say, well, why did he say that? Well, because our daily problems, well, he's going he's gonna to link us to the children of Israel in a minute when they got to the promised land and they go, whoa, those are giants. They were called the Emim. They were called the Rephim. 
You know, later on, it was Goliath and his brothers. And it scared everybody. But God had told him the whole time, don't worry. Remember what happened to Pharaoh? But they still wouldn't listen. We don't care what happened to Pharaoh. We don't care about the miracles, you know, the plagues and stuff. We don't care. We're just scared. He's going to link you and I to this in this third chapter. Since Christ is so much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him. Be careful to hear his voice today and not let our hearts become set against him. See, that's what the Israelites did. They said, God must hate us. We're not going into that promised land to get killed. Oh, it was terrible. Caleb and Joshua said, no, 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 go. Moses told them, go, it's okay, we'll be all right. They wouldn't listen. Anyway, and not let our hearts become set against him. As the children of Israel did, they steeled themselves against, look at that, against his love. And complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. Now this testing is not like, well, I'm going to poke you with fire. No. They needed to know that God was going to provide for them. And they, was, they were trying to learn. They were having a hard time with it. That's the reason God brought the manna. And it only lasted one day. Because some people were like, oh, you never know. God might change his mind. Might not be no manna tomorrow. But that God was teaching them, it will be there every morning. Just like sun up, sundown. Sun's going to come up. Sun's going to come up. I heard this week, and somebody was saying, we're not promised tomorrow. And you know, that's crazy. We are promised tomorrow. In our society, traditionally, we're saying, we're not promised tomorrow. Yes, you are promised tomorrow. The first commandment would promise. You'll live long. You go try to research and find that you're not promised tomorrow. You'll find out that, hmm, yeah, I am promised tomorrow. What you want to do is just trust the Lord today and tomorrow, whatever. But anyway, okay, so let's keep going. But they complained in the desert. Okay, but it says God was patient with them for 40 years. Uh, though, he tried them, uh, though they tried his patience sorely, he kept right on, look at that, doing his mighty miracles for them to see. Well, see, remember, even for 40 more years, their shoes didn't wear out. Now, he told them, you're not going in the promised land. That's because they said we're not going in. So they wandered around for 40 years, but during those 40 years, they had air conditioning. This is in a wilderness. Fire by night, they had heater, and then they had a cloud by day. I, mean, I don't know how many times I've tried to work on stuff in the yard, and I laugh about it now. I was working on something, it was um, about a month ago, and I got all set up, and the sun was so hot, you know, and I thought, and I got to look, and I thought, oop, a couple minutes, big old cloud was coming around, I thought, and it just, it just happens. It's nice to have that cloud. Okay. Anyway, God says, I was very angry with them, for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me. And they never found the paths I wanted them to follow. Then God, full of this anger against them, bound himself with an oath that they would never come. Look what it's called. To the place of his rest. Now, he brought six million plus Jews, wiped out Egypt, got them all the way to the promised land, and they said, we can't go in there. We'll get killed. God wasn't bringing them to get killed. He was trying to bless them. He said, uh, uh, beware then in your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find they too are evil and unbelieving and leading you away from the living God. Speak to each other about these things every day while there's still time so that none of you will become hardened against God, being blinded by the glamour of sin. <clears throat> for we, excuse me, For if we are faithful... To the end, trusting God just as we did when we first became Christians, we will share, look at this, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. I mean, Jesus, you can't find one place where he was defeated. Even when they took him to the cross, he stood before Pilate, didn't say a word. 
His lips were sealed till they finally said, now you tell us, are you the Messiah or not? He says, well, I'm going to be coming on the clouds of glory here. And they said, oh, what further need have we of witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. But three days later, he come flying out of that tomb. Mercy. Anyway, but now's the time. Never forget the warning. Today, if you hear his voice, God's voice speaking to you, don't harden your hearts as the people of Israel did when they rebelled against him in the desert. So see the, now their trouble was, they just thought God was not going to help them when they got in the promised land. We can actually do that. I just don't have no help today. Ugh. All these, this Bible's real thick. All these wonderful stories. And we can't think of one that'll tell us that God will help us today. Oh, he will. Anyway, and who were those people I speak of who heard God's voice speaking to them but then rebelled against him? It says they were the ones who came out of Egypt with Moses, their leader. And who was it who made God angry all those 40 years? These same people who sinned as a result died in the wilderness to whom God was speaking. He swore with an oath they would never go into the land he promised his people. Look at that. It's like God saying, you're never going to get blessed unless you trust me. You've got to trust me. See, that's the reason it's a very weak argument just to talk about the only thing we have is Jesus going, taking us to heaven, and that's all. No, it's not. It's a whole lot more. It was called a rest up here. Wow. He was speaking to those who disobeyed him, and why couldn't they go in? Look at this. They didn't trust him. Oh, mercy. Wow. Okay, now let's go get her a quick review here, and let's see Moses here. Tell us about this. I want to go all the way. I, it's funny. I just, I mean... It's not that we got, well, we probably do, favorite books or whatever. Not, Deuteronomy is so funny. It's, it's, a, it's a recap, but it's also, like I've been mentioning, it's a Gettysburg address. Deuteronomy chapter 1, this book report, records Moses' address to the people. It's a speech. He's stumping like a campaign speech. When they were camped in the valley of Arabah in the wilderness of Moab, east of the Jordan River. In other words, detail, detail, details, because it happened. Okay. Cities in the area included, look at those cities. So this is not like, well, come on, now this didn't happen. Oh, it did too. The speech was given on, look at the details, February 15th, 40 years after the people of Israel left Mount Horeb, though it only takes 11 days to travel. See, when God delivered them from Egypt, it was just a one-week journey, but they're the ones that blew it. Okay, 40 years was because of their own fault. Now, uh, let's, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. Oh, they're already fixing to go. Here we go. It was 40 years ago at Mount Horeb that Jehovah, our God, told us, you stayed here long enough. Now, let's go occupy the hill country of the Amorites, Valley of Arabah, the Negev, all the land of Canaan, Lebanon. Boy, God just doesn't know anything. God, are you crazy? We'll get slaughtered. You're never going to get slaughtered. I'm giving all of it to you. Go in, possess it. For the land the Lord promised your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all their descendants. At that time, I told the people, I need your help. There's a great burden for me to carry by myself. The Lord's multiplied you as many as the stars. Look at this. And may he multiply you a thousand times more. You can't get away from abundant life. I was cutting open an apple the other day. And even that apple. I mean, I've heard this before, but I, I couldn't help but think about it. An apple. Because I, I have some friends that have trouble thinking Jesus will bless you financially. That's ridiculous. An apple. I was thinking about it. That's the reason apples are so cheap at the supermarket. <laughs> Another thing. But when I broke that apple open, there was about five seeds in there. Well, I already know that apple doesn't just 
is, doesn't come from an apple tree and have one harvest and that's it. One apple, all you need to have that same tree that this apple come from was one of those seeds. And it creates what? How many? You can't count them all by hand. And then you get to have, what if you just keep planting? You could cover America with apple trees. That's how abundant this stuff is. Anyway, God set it up that way. Anyway, so he says, oh, I, may he multiply you a thousand times more and bless you. Look at that. As he promised. He says, but what can one man do to, so, so anyway, there was, there was quarrels and stuff. And remember, there was six million plus when they came out. Okay, so anyway, they got people over the 50s, 100s, and 10s to decide quarrels. And if it's a great big one, he says, bring me the difficult cases. Anyway, we left Horeb. We traveled. Look at this. Through the great and terrible desert, finally arriving to the Amorite hills, which the Lord God directed us. Now, the great and terrible desert, he, he talks about later, there were snakes and scorpions and stuff, but God kept them safe. Anyway, he said, uh, when we were at Kadesh Barnea, of the border of the promised land. He, and I said to the people, the Lord has given us this land. Go in and possess it as he told us. Don't be afraid. Don't even doubt. Now remember, the book of Hebrews was talking about the promised land for us Christians too. And it's just like this. This is not heaven. This is now. Anyway, he says, go in and uh, possess it as he told you. He says, don't be afraid. Don't even doubt. But you know what they did? They doubted. They go, oh, he must hate us. But they replied, first, let's send spies to discover the best route of entry and decide which cities to capture first. Well, it seemed like a good idea. I chose seven, 12 spies, one from each tribe. Anyway, they came back and look. One look, it was good enough, convinced us it was a good land. But look what happened. But the people refused to go in and they rebelled against the Lord's command. Now, how did they rebel? They were afraid. They murmured, complained in their tents. The Lord must hate us, bringing us from Egypt to be slaughtered by these Amorites. Listen, the Lord doesn't hate you. You're going to leave here, safely drive home. You're also going to leave here next week, the next week, the next week. We're not going to die young, praise the Lord. God's going to take care of our bodies, just like he'd said here. They, Men, they were completely whining. What are we getting into? Our brothers who spied out the land, they frightened us. Well, see, there's the problem. Reading the wrong report. They said the people in the land, they're tall, they're powerful. Wait a minute. Who do you think made those guys? God created everything. Boy, it's, but I understand. I get scared too. We've even seen the giants there, the descendants of Anakim. Wow. But I said to them, don't be afraid. The Lord your God is your, is your leader. He will fight for you with his mighty miracles. Well, I thought the day of miracles was over with. No, it's not. We already had the book of Hebrews taking this story and saying it belongs to us today with all that Christ has bought for us. Look at this. And you know how he cared for you again and again in the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. But he says, nothing I said did any good. Well, you know the story. They got in a whole lot of trouble. Anyway, notice this. They refused to believe the Lord our God who led them all the way, selected the best places for them to camp. Man, that's for me. And it's yours too. Praise the Lord. I don't care where we go. That's the 23rd Psalm. Green pastures. And guided them by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day. Let's see what else we got here. Anyway, the Lord was very angry, heard their complaining, and he told them, you guys are not going to get in, except Caleb. See, Caleb said, we can take it. Now, I want to skip ahead. 
Let's go all the way to, let's see, let's go to the, uh, the, the 6th chapter. Anyway, this is still the same speech. The Lord your God told me to give you these commandments, which you are to obey in, you are to obey in the land you'll be entering where you live. Now, the bottom line of these commandments, of course, treat one another nice and whatever, but the critical one was don't go after other gods. That's the one that wiped them out. The purpose of these laws is to cause your sons and daughters and grandsons to reverence the Lord by obeying these instructions as long as you live. Look at this. If you do, is this a promise? If you do, you will have a long, look at that, prosperous years ahead of you as you live. Praise the Lord. He doesn't quit. If you do, you will have a long, excuse me, prosperous years ahead of you. Therefore, children of Israel, listen to each one of these commands. We can name them. It's Ten Commandments. But anyway, he says, so all will go well with you. Wow. And you'll have many children. If you obey these commands, you'll be a glorious land, flowing with milk and honey, even as the Lord your God promised. He says, O Israel, Jehovah is our God alone. You must love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. You must think about him, think constantly about these commandments I'm giving you today. You must teach them to your children. That's just reading your Bible. Just reading your Bible. Anyway, he just says, talk about them in the morning, at nighttime, put them on your doorpost. Well, we do that. When the Lord your God's brought you into the promised, uh, into the land, okay, look at this. He's given you great cities full of good things. That's the reason our expectancy should be up to date. I mean, I, I, I'm not disappointed in the Lord at all. I just expect it because he said so. You're not, well, we're thankful. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Oh, we are thankful. But it's okay to understand this is normal. It's normal to see these things. Take, you should expect these things. So he says, when you're given great cities full of good things, Cities you didn't build, boy, that saved me some time. Yes, I was. I've been working on this car that I got, and I've already looking at it. It's an older car, but I've already looked at the stuff that I thought I had to change. Guess what? Somebody else already changed it. Got new radiators already put in. New timing belts already been put in. I mean, praise the Lord. Uh, Vineyards, olive trees you didn't plant when you've eaten until you can't hold anymore. What? Then beware. Here's the key. That you don't forget it was the Lord that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of slavery. When you're full, don't forget to be reverent to him and to serve him and to use his name alone to endorse your promises. That's really what taking the Lord's name in vain is. Okay, but anyway. Here's the kicker. You must not worship the gods of the neighboring nations. And of course, we're in the Bible Belt. We never heard of doing stuff, stuff like that, which is good. Thank God. For Jehovah your God... Who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger may rise against you and he'll wipe you off the earth. Don't provoke him, okay? Uh, anyway, as they did oh, oh, back a while back. He says, only then you'll be doing good and, uh, and, and what's right in the Lord's eyes. If you obey him, all will go well for you. You'll be able to go in and possess the good land the Lord promised your ancestors. You'll be able to throw out all the enemies in your land as the Lord agreed to help you. Wow, this is just common. It's just going to take place. In the years to come, your sons are going to ask, What's the purpose of all these laws? And you're going to tell him, well, we were Pharaoh's slaves, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with great power, mighty miracles, with terrible blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. We saw it with our own eyes. He brought us out of Egypt so that he could give us this land he promised. And he commanded us to obey uh, these laws. Anyway, uh, all's going to go well. Now, 
Let's go again to the seventh chapter. He says, when he gets you to the promised land, he will destroy all seven nations. Look at this. Greater and mightier than you are. Remember, we still have this promise as ours today. We just read it in the book of Hebrews. You know, so no matter what we're facing, praise the Lord, we're going to be fine. Look what he says here. When the Lord God delivers you over to be, uh, excuse me, when the Lord delivers them over to you to be destroyed, do a complete job of it. And he was saying, don't marry these guys. Now here, why? Because he says the people will begin to worship their gods. And when that happens, see, that brings it all to a, a halt. But he said, burn the altars, burn their idols. You're a holy people. Now look at this. He says, he didn't choose you and pour out his love upon you because you were a larger nation than any other. For you were the smallest of all. It was because, whoops, it was because he loves you. Wow. Okay. Oh. Uh, and again, he brings this up with such amazing power and mighty miracles. Now, I want you to see something right here. You as moms and dads, and I think we're all touched with that in some form already. Watch this. Understand that the Lord your God is a faithful God who for a thousand generation keeps promises and constantly loves those who love him and obey his commands. A thousand generations. Jesus, from Jesus all the way to Adam, was 14, 14, 14. So that's 30, it's, a, what is that? 42. 42 generations. Well, there's 4,000 years before Jesus. We don't have but 2,000 years on this side. We ain't even broke 100 yet. And he says, for a 1,000 generations. He says, but those who hate him shall be punished publicly and destroyed. He will deal with them personally. Oh, this is, what's so amazing here is if you will serve the Lord for a thousand generations beneath you, he said he's going to take care of your kids. Anyway, he goes on and says, because of your obedience, the Lord your God will keep his part of the contract, which is his tender love he made with your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and make you into a great nation. Look at this. He will give you fertile and give, he will make you fertile and give fertility to your ground, to your animals. I mean, I know, uh, I, there's been many times I thought Chaz was hurting. And the first thing I thought of was I thought, I got a contract. <laughs> it's written in my contract. Chaz is going to be all right, you know. He will. Your animals will. Do you see that? And to your animals. So that you'll have, and I, I, you know, I, I'm looking for all those highs and lows here. There are no highs and lows. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Large crops of grain and grapes, great flocks of cattle, sheep, goats, when you arrive in the promised land, uh, your father's to give you. You will be blessed. Look at this. Uh, just amazing. You'll be blessed of all nations of the earth. Not one of you. Look at this. Now let's read. Let's read. This is our great song we used to sing in the Baptist church, Whosoever Meaneth Me. This got us all right here. Not one of you, where'd he go? I lost it. Oh. In the loop, yeah. Oh, yeah, here yeah. we uh, Yeah, not, excuse me. Yeah. Not one of you, whether male or female, praise the Lord, will the men folk get it and the women don't. No, look at this. Shall be barren. Now, that's not the only time it says that. Not even your cattle. If you want to raise dogs, you should be making plenty of money at it. You want to raise cows? She'll be making plenty of money at it. And look at this. The Lord will take away all your sickness. 
Now, Richard. Now, now, wait a minute. We've had enough of that. Stay with the Bible. He's kept us well right now. We are so doctor dependent. Thank God for doctors. Hallelujah. But I have a friend of mine not too long ago. They did surgery on, uh, on, their, uh, well, on their dad. He had, um, it was uh, like diverticulitis, and they took out part of the intestine. And that's because that's what they do. They go in, they cut it out, and hooked him back together. But guess what? It didn't work. He died. Thank God what they can do. It's great. But look at this. He'll take away all sickness. Praise the Lord. Do you know the book of James? I don't have the list, but if we drop down the list, the book of James is like four books, five books from the end of the Bible. The last... James was actually the Lord's half-brother. Okay. James wrote down... He's writing a letter. And he says, oh, is anybody sick? Is anybody? Is anyone sick among you? Oh, let them pray and the Lord will heal them. That's not the way it goes, James. You need to rewrite that. No, we're not going to rename that. We're not going to rewrite that. The book of Acts totally taken over with healing. Even if somebody died. They went and got Peter at like Decatur, rushed him to Huntsville. And said, oh, this woman was really a great help. She's upstairs. She's dead. But Peter, please. And Peter goes up there. All he did was act like Jesus. Remember, Jesus commanded his disciples, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Anyway, <clears throat> we give all this away sometimes. I hate sore throats. Thank you, Lord. You'll take away all sickness. I'm glad to think about that when things are going bad. Or if you got a bad headache. I'm glad to know that that says something. And I'm awful glad when I hear something even worse. Oh no. Anyway. And he will let none of you suffer the diseases of Egypt you remember so well. He will give them all to your enemies. Wow. Anyway, you must destroy all the nations that are in this promised land. Have no pity on them. Don't worship their gods. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, look at this. Uh, do, he says, do you remember the terrors the Lord sent upon them? Your parents saw it with their own eyes. These mighty miracles, wonders, and powers, and the strength of the Almighty that he used to bring you out of Egypt. Well, the Lord your God will use the same miracles against the people you fear. Wow. He'll even send bees out there ahead of them. Praise the Lord. Wow. I'm going to skip ahead just a little. We'll stop in just a moment. Uh, so here's the eighth chapter. Uh, let's see. Let me... Uh, da, 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 da. Let me go on to the, uh, uh, let's take the 10th chapter. Let's see. We'll just close with the 11th. what I'll do. Okay. <clears throat> In the 11th chapter, he's still going on. He's still talking. These are just short things. I mean, it's, it's. The only reason it takes time is because I'm not just reading right through it. Okay. You must love the Lord your God and obey every one of his commands. Listen, I'm not talking now to your children who have never experienced the Lord's punishment or seen his greatness and awesome power. They weren't there to see his miracles he did in Egypt and Pharaoh and all his land, but they did see this other. They didn't see what God did to the armies of Egypt and their horses and chariots, how he drowned them in the Red Sea. It's so funny. I heard a guy on TV the other day and he was saying, well, it didn't happen like that. Oh, really? And he's supposed to be a Jewish rabbi. Oh, but it didn't happen like that. Well, somebody's lying. Jesus thought it happened that way. And it's just because this guy goes, oh, it didn't happen like that. What's so funny is, okay, 
Skip the Red Sea incident. How are you going to explain total darkness? How are you going to explain the firstborn all got killed? How are you going to explain the, the hail? How are you going to explain all those diseases, the balls? Didn't happen that way. Oh, yes, it did too. Anyway. They didn't see how the Lord cared for you time and time again through all the years you were wandering in the wilderness. That's where it talks about their shoes didn't even wear out until you finally arrived here. Isn't that neat? 40 years all the way. As a matter of fact, the manna quit as soon as they got the promised land. It quit. Wow. Well, it's promised land. Their houses, there are houses built already. Bread was in the ovens. Hey, I'm taking this place. Houses they didn't build. Praise the Lord. They weren't there when Dathan and Abarah, the sons of Elam, and there were a couple of guys, man, they, boy, they made a mistake. Boy, they sinned, the earth opened up and it swallowed them. All Israel watched. But you have seen these mighty miracles. How carefully then you should obey the commandments I'm going to give you today so that you'll have the strength to go in and possess the land you're about to enter. If you obey the commandments, you'll have a long, good life. Praise the Lord. Look at that phrase, a long, good life. I'm excited. I mean, I won't be quiet in a minute. We're going to get on with our Sunday afternoon. But we can have a good life. Praise God. That your ancestors were promised a land, a wonderful land flowing with milk and honey. For the Lord, uh, excuse me, for the land you're about to enter to possess is not like the land of Egypt where you come from, where irrigation is necessary. It's a land, it is a land of hills and valleys, plenty of rain, former and latter rains, I think is what it says. A land that the Lord God personally cares for. His eyes are always upon it, day after day, throughout the year. Now remember, Jesus said this is ours today too. And if you will carefully obey all His commandments I'm going to give you today, if you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, souls, and mind and worship Him, He'll continue both to send the early rains and the latter rains. And here you go, wonderful crops. He's not going to try to teach you what it's like to be broke. Look at that. I'm telling you... I'm so fed up with this. Bob and I were talking about it earlier. You know, look at that. Great for your wine. Oh, no, don't mention that. Please. Wow. Lush pasture. Praise the Lord. For your cattle to graze in. You'll have, look at this, plenty to eat and be fully content. Not barely get by. Now, here's the catch. He says, beware that you don't turn from the Lord your God. And worship other gods. Man, if you do, you're going to be in trouble. He says, if you do, it's going to all fall apart. So he says, keep these commandments carefully in mind. Tie them to your hand. Just read your Bible. That's it. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're sitting at your home or your bedside or before breakfast. Write them on the doorpost of your house, on the gates. So as long as the sky is above the earth, your children, look at that, will enjoy the good life. Praise God. I'm not worried about the future. You don't have to. All right, let's close this out. We're almost done. Let's, here we go. If you'll carefully obey all the commandments, loving the Lord your God, walking as clinging to Him, then the Lord will drive out all the nations in the land ahead of you, no matter how great and strong they might be. Wherever you go, the land's yours. Your frontier will stretch from this range all the way down to this one. Look at that. No one will be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God will send fear and dread among you. Now look at this. I'm giving you the choice today. God's blessing or God's curse. Praise the Lord. There's blessing if you obey. Well, that's what we're going to do. Wow. Anyway, praise the Lord. We get it. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. No matter what pains, aches we may have, praise you. You just said in our contract here, you take care of that. Lord, you also said the same thing's true financially. And the same thing's true if we're facing any other problem whatsoever that well, maybe we didn't mention. 
We're just not going to be afraid. You're going to take care of whatever the enemy, the trouble, whatever the problem is. You'll fix it. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to act like we're in this promised land. Praise the Lord. And that you're our God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay.